Welcome back to Shore Sports Talk on 94.3 The Point. I am Vin Abenu, joined by Bobby Skinner again from Talking Giants. He's got the Talking Giants podcast you can listen to on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Always breaking down the Giants and uh, coming off a busy part of the offseason with the NFL draft that just took place a couple weeks ago. Um, and then some signings that followed it. So, Bobby, before we start breaking it down here, thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, no doubt. Always, always a pleasure. And uh, like you said, it's like okay, now, now it's set. We got two months to get ready for camp. Now it's, it's a uh, raw. It's always nice when you hit the roster set. There's so much yeah. speculation once the season ends that now we're okay. We're this is what we're dealing with. Let's roll. Looking at the draft, and I know they made some, you know signed some undrafted free agents and everything else um, in the days that followed it, but. What was your your biggest takeaway from the draft? Did you come away with that figuring that okay the Giants are set or that I still need to kind of see this play out to figure out who's going to play where and how good this Giants key, team could actually be? Yeah, so they're definitely a better team, especially with the free agency additions of guys like Bobby Okereke. You know, you go out, you get Darren Waller. Like those are two huge, those are two huge additions. Then you get your draft picks. Um, they are going to be a better team than last year. The question is, will they be a team that has the same record as last year? But I think there's, with all the new additions, you actually have more questions than you do answers because, especially on the offensive side of the ball, Vin, is week one, we have no idea what this offense's philosophy is going to be because they are a very much different offense. You know, and if Evan Neal can improve, like that's, maybe the biggest addition they can get is a better Evan Neal. And then you have Darren Waller out there who was, you know, second best receiving tight end in the NFL, arguably after Travis Kelsey, you get, you know, you add speed and Jalen high, you get a center and John Michael Smith's that I think we can see, we might see what originally these coaches staff wanted to do with their offense, which was to be more explosive, create big plays, not have to play perfect ball where you're not turning over the ball and, and working quick game and, play action and then you forget like they should still be able to run the ball with Saquon Barkley too so like week one is going to be a big like who what is this offense trying to do what is their identity so it's like the more the all the additions on offense leave you with more questions because it's like okay what what do they want to do I had a feeling in the draft or at least was hoping maybe that they would attack receiver linebacker some early on but they went corner with uh, with Deontay Banks out of Maryland in the first round, and then they ended up getting uh, Javarius Owens a safety in the in the seventh round. Did it surprise you how much attention that Joe Shane and Dayball and everybody were and and Wink too, who uh, certainly celebrated the Banks pick, <laughs> um, went after the secondary? No, because there was such big. I mean, outside, you had a Dory Jackson, and you have like no. No other Darryl Jackson and Xavier McKinney. You have no other piece that you're confident, like, okay, mm. this guy's going to be a good player. Like, there's Cordell Flaw is young and exciting, but we don't know if he's going to be good. Um, still outside of safety, like Javarius Owens as a seventh round pick is, I think, is going to come and compete for playing time, you know, with the other safety position. You know, you have a group of guys of Pinnock, Bobby McCain, and other guys who, again, guys you aren't really super confident in. And then, I mean, they had. Fabian Moreau wasn't even on their roster when they cut down the 53 last year, and he was their starter all season long after the first couple of games. Um, so I, I I get it. Like, cornerback was a big position to need. It was a deep draft class. So I definitely understand why they won the ad secondary. 
especially in a Wink Martindale defense that prioritizes that. I, I, I like the draft that Joe Shane had overall. I guess I was wondering when he would make any kind of trades, and obviously eventually he did, uh, you know, a couple of them. But I was with that string of receivers going off the board in the late part of the first round, I was like, okay, one, two, three, four. I'm like, uh, I guess Giants are not going to go receiver here or, or even try to move up. Did that surprise you when that receiver run started that the Giants didn't try to move up or at least that we know of? I think they might have tried to move up because they really liked Zay Flowers. But it is funny because at pick 20, the Seahawks are on the clock. No wide receivers have been taken off the board. So you have six picks with four wide receivers that you would see them targeting. And you're like, okay, like we're probably going to end up with a wide receiver here. And then, like you said, 20, 21, 22, and 23, <laughs> all were pick wide receivers. And then they trade up to pick 24. Like they really liked Zay Flowers um, out of Boston College. Uh, and I think there was some attempt to go and get him. Obviously didn't work out. Um, but, yeah, it was it was surprising to see all the wide receivers there at 20. And then you're like, okay. We're gonna. We're probably gonna end up with one of these guys if you're a betting man. And then, four you know, four picks later, they're all gone. <laughs> and, and and I know they they took Jalen Hyde in the third round. I'm surprised he fell to the third. But I like Jalen Hyde. I know he had the big game at Alabama. Um, in that that was just a phenomenal game to watch between Tennessee and Alabama. Hendon Hooker was a really great quarterback in college. Unfortunately, got hurt, and that's why he slipped in the draft. I think. Um, but I thought Hyatt's a good receiver, and I think he's got a lot of potential for what the Giants could end up doing. And I feel like they, with all the pieces they got in the offseason at receiver, including um, the veteran Paris Campbell there, that Hyatt could fit into this system. I know he went into the slot a good amount at Tennessee. So I like the upside for Hyatt. What are your thoughts on Jalen Hyatt and what he could do for the offense? I mean, speed, right? Speed, speed, speed. That's what they want. You know, there was rumors coming out of the combine. You know, when people are talking about the Giants, it's like they are putting a premium on adding speed to this offense because they were a very slow offense in 2021 or 2022. Sorry. And that's what he adds. Now, in that Tennessee offense, there was basically was just asked to run straight for the most part. And his route running wasn't great. And that's something that's going to be cleaned up with this coaching staff and really taught, you know, because at Tennessee, they didn't ask him to run very many routes. Mm. And most of his productions did come from just running past defenses. But you love that ability of speed to have that ability to run past guys and then you can coach up the rest of the stuff. So they uh, I, I bet you if John Michael Smith went at pick 56, I wouldn't have been surprised if Hyatt would have been the pick at 57, you know, and I, and Joe Shane said it, you know, once. Once you know they got down with that second round pick, they t- he told his guys like go find me trades uh, where I can trade up to get high, you know. And then I uh, came with the Rams. They move up sixteen spots and get their guy. And at, I'm wondering if how much of the thing that went into that is like let's move ahead of Cleveland here because we think that they're going to take high, and they ended up taking another Tennessee receiver, his teammate anyway, who has a little bit of an injury risk. So I guess with how it worked out, high Giants ended up getting you know, a good receiver with less of a noted injury history too. Yeah, and he just has like that speed. Like Cedric Tillman's actually like a better route runner and mm. stuff than Hyatt, but Hyatt has that speed element that they're looking for where Tillman, I don't know how well he would have fit on on this roster right now. What do you think? I mean, I like the John Michael uh, Schmitz uh, pick. Obviously the Giants needed a center in more than one way to actually have an actual center on the roster and everything as well. Uh, but what what do you like so much about John Michael Schmitz? What do you what are your expectations, I guess, as well for what he could do as a rookie center? 
Yeah, I mean, I thought he was the best center in the class, and I thought he was uh, had the best offensive line film in the entire class outside of Skaronski. You know, like even Paris Johnson and and uh, Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Obviously, you pick those guys in the first round. They play tackle. They have the athleticism to be really good. But like his film is amazing. Like I, I love that pick. It was the ultimate like best player available meets need. Um, and I think the only reason he was there and not a first rounder is one he doesn't have like the fastest feet in the world, right? Mm. And that's what you want to look for with interior guys. Like your your however fast your feet move, but they're not slow in any manner. He works really good, has really good hand usage, works leverage really well. Like he's just has great, great film. And then also he's 24 years old. So he's older than most teams like to draft early, right? Like even we saw it with Joe Shane. We've seen it with Joe Shane that they they like to go young, especially with their earlier picks. But when you have a guy like John Michael Smith there at pick 57, you have one guy who started center games uh, on your roster and you just picked him up uh, as a minimum contract from the Steelers and JC Hausenbauer needed a center in the worst way possible and i thought you got the best one in the class even better than tipman who went ahead of him and they they also went after the defensive line too i mean it was a seventh round pick with jordan riley the d tackle out of oregon um and i know we've talked about this in the past bobby with depth uh you know a few months back when when you were on the show just okay we got dexter lawrence who thankfully was got that nice big contract extension um and leonard williams but there was some depth that just wasn't there do you think that Riley and some of the other guys that the Giants have picked up in the offseason will help on that defensive line so Riley was the one pick where I wasn't like huge on it I think his like role in the NFL will be as a fifth defensive tackle Mm. but they added a Sean Robinson which kind of went quiet because it happened a couple days before the draft like he's a good player and they gave him actual real money with void years and stuff and then they added a Raheem Nunez Rochas who's a good run defender from uh the Bucks too so jordan riley i see his role as being like a backup nose tackle fifth defensive fifth or backup nose tackle and fifth guy on that defensive front um but they did they did put a premium this offseason and stopping the run and that came with their free agency signings of a sean robinson uh nunez roches and then bobby okereke obviously is a linebacker is huge because their linebacker position might have been was the was their weakest position on the roster last season and where do you think and still very weak after him? Oh too. yeah, <laughs> yeah, certainly still a part of that too. That has to be addressed, I guess, at some point. Um, where do you think the the linebacker course stands now? I know it was pretty barren, you know, after last season, and some that was a, clearly a glaring need. But where where do the Giants linebackers stand right now? What can be done even at this point? We just recorded a show. And one of the we did a mailbag, and someone asked us who's going to be inside linebacker too. So Bobby Okereke is obviously your starter. Mm. There is no good or even intriguing answer for the inside linebacker too. Yeah. Like you have Darian Beavers, who his preseason game might be being a little overhyped. Who's coming off of a torn ACL? He was already an older prospect out of Cincinnati. You have Michael McFadden, who didn't look very good last year. And then you have Jared Davis, who Michael McFadden was benched for, but Jared Davis hasn't been a good linebacker in the NFL either. You know, and he, the, the Lions, as bad as their defense was, they wouldn't even act, activate him off the practice squad. Um, and he was starting a playoff game for us. So with linebacker, there's outside of Okereke, there is no, there's no fun answer for who's going to be the starter there. Like they're UD, they they got a UDFA, Deontay Johnson out of Toledo. I think he's just as much in the conversation as anybody else to make the roster there. So, I mean, really, I guess we could probably have to find out a lot of these answers in training camp and in the preseason with what this defense could actually do, um, how much better it could be. I mean, 
I know from from his reaction, Wink Love, the Deontay Banks pick in the first round. Do you think? Do you get the sense that Wink Martindale is confident with the group of guys that he's got right now heading into training camp and so forth this summer? Well, they're going to work to stop the run. Like that's a huge improvement. You know, despite what we just said about the linebacker position, Okereke is a huge uh, addition. And then adding those defensive linemen, they were really, really bad stopping the run. And that's mm. not very characteristic for a Wink Martindale defense. Like, you know, that last season in Baltimore with Wink Martindale, like that defense, it wasn't very good, right? They had the corner injuries and they let them, they let them walk. That defense wasn't very good. Guess what? They were number one in the NFL still at stopping the run that season. Um, so they're... I know that nothing eats up a defensive coach more than seeing your team get run on at will. Yeah. And they put an emphasis on that. So that's where there's going to be big improvements. Deontay Banks are probably going to be some rookie struggles. Hopefully Adora Jackson could stay healthy. But you do have you do have improvements essentially at every single position that needed improvements. Really the only one that wasn't improved was the edge depth. Uh, on offense, I know they they made a couple signings before the draft, um, including bringing a couple guys back, Hodgins and Slayton. Then they ended up signing Jameson Crowder and Paris Campbell, and um, and so on. It, I mean, they brought back a lot of the guys. They added a couple more. No, I guess star number one, like we were all thinking that they could have gotten, but they've got a guy, a bunch of receivers with a bunch of different skills. Um, Something that I'd like to see play out just to see how this will all work and how good it, this wide receiver core can be. Uh, but where do you think things stand? What are What is your take on how the Giants' wide receivers look right now, and can they do what they need to do for Daniel Jones and that offense? It's fascinating. It's definitely a wide receiver room that you can get through an NFL season with not feeling horrible about. Mm. Now, again, you still, like you said, have that need for that number one guy. But if you ask anyone who, who are going to be the starting three wide receivers – Week one, first snap of the game, you'd probably get one of them wrong because it's you have so many different guys, um, <laughs> and you have guys that are ver- and versatile, like Jalen Hyatt, inside outside versatile, Paris Campbell, inside outside versatile, Hodgins, even though he's a bigger and not the fastest guy, you can move him around a little bit. Slayton's like stuck out of there on the outside, but he's the one that's being paid the most. And then Wandale Robinson coming off of a torn ACL, like he's your slot only guy. Drafted him with a high second round pick. We'll see where he is injury wise. Um, and then we keep forgetting. The guy who's been the consistently best Giants wide receiver since they lost Odell, Sterling Shepard. Now, That's I'm right. not putting any expectations yeah. on Sterling Shepard. Anything that Sterling Shepard gives me as a bonus, I'm not putting any expectations after all the injury stuff he's been through. Mm. But you have six guys who, if they're starting on an NFL team, no one's blinking at. Right. It, and one of the things that concerns me is with Shepard and Robinson coming off the injuries that they're coming off of with the ACLs and everything is – what kind of limitations will they be under? Will they mm-hmm. have to slowly kind of ease into how many snaps in the preseason and training camp? I mean, are these going to be guys that other defenses go and target and try to get them to, I don't know, take make a dig route or something like that and see what they can do when they have to twist and turn up field? Yeah, Wandale will be the the, the big question mark because, again, Shepard, he's old. I, honestly, I thought Shepard should have retired at this point. Like, it's mm. Love, I love Sterling Shepard, but oh, sure. it, it just felt like it felt like time got, came back on a minimum contract, so there's no risk in it. But it felt like it was that time. Juan Dale, though, they, I mean, that was the third pick ever by this Giants regime, and their first second round pick uh, was Juan Dale Robinson. So they clearly like him and want to have a plan for him, and they were involving him more. And then he tore that ACL. So it, 
I'm not even like intrigued for him week one, but how about week 10? Like, say the wide receiver room stays healthy. Week 10 is Wando Robinson playing over Paris Campbell or Jalen mm-hmm. Hyatt or Darius Slayton or Isaiah Hodgins. Like, I don't know if I if I would put him uh, over those guys. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Wandale. And go, going back to the offensive line, obviously they, they made a big, much-needed pick at center. We got Thomas back, Evan Neal back at tackle. Uh, where do you think things stand at the guard spot? I mean, is Azuda going to be healthy? Is everybody else going to be healthy? I mean, what's that rotation going to look like? Unfortunately, they're going to play Mark Lewinsky at right guard. They gave mm. him that contract. As much as I don't think he'd should be just slated in at that spot he is agreed azudu man again another guy taken very early by the not very early but but day two by the giants great ability fast you know quick quick as feet as you can get for that guard spot is what you look for those guys but needed a lot of development and he did develop some from the first week of the season to when he got hurt and then ben bredesen was their best interior guy last year like he was better than mark Lewinsky, john feliciano and Josh Azudu last year, mm. but it seems like he's the guy who's kind of left out in this, which doesn't make sense to me. So I, I personally would let Azudu battle with Golinski and slate Ben Bredesen in as a starting job. Um, now, where you put those guys on the left or the right is right. a little com- uh, complicated. Um, like I, my hope would be that Golinski doesn't start, but it seems like he's the sure starter. So. Um, I, I can see my, I can foresee myself not being in love with how that room's being handled. Yeah, certainly something that we'll have to see play out and to see how it works. But yeah, know, was uh, frustrating to watch, I guess, to say the least, with some of how or some of how he played in a lot of the games last season. And Ben Bredesen was just unbiasedly better, mm, right? Yeah, like yeah, like, or sorry, not unbiasedly, objectively just better. So like, you would think he'd be slated in there, but Ben Bredesen's got an injury history of his own not like anything major but like constant like in and out of the lineup type stuff and joe uh, daniel jones getting the the four-year contract extension now it's sort of like a hey here's what the market looks like kind of money kind of contract but do you feel like jones can take that next step knowing that he's got some extra receivers that they work to address the line they even drafted an, an extra running back to add to that depth do you th- and even of course uh, you know darren waller at tight end um, do you think that Jones can take finally take that next step that the Giants have been looking for? I think Waller's going to be huge because he's got a guy that can create explosive plays without having to chuck the ball 40, 50 yards down the field too. Mm. Um, I do think Daniel Jones is going to take the next step. Now, what is the next step too? Because he was a good yeah. quarterback last year, but they played a very controlled offense where it's like we are not going to turn the ball over. Uh, we're going to work the quick game. We're going to work play action. But they didn't have the horses on the outside to go out and stretch the field. Now they do. So now do we see, is Daniel Jones an inherently conservative quarterback? Or was it being coached into him, which it seemed like it was last year? Do we see a guy who can create explosive plays while not suffering a bunch of turnovers, which he hasn't done since the first half of his second year? So it'll be interesting to see. Daniel Jones is going to be a better quarterback he was a good quarterback last year. He will be better with new weapons. But the question is, what step are we taking up to? Are we taking the step up to the Dak, like the the Dak Prescott, you know, top seven consistently, yeah. top seven to eight quarterbacks? Or is he in that top 12 uh, comfortably where it's like he has years where he's going to look like a top 10, which is what he is right now, I think. Sort of where he's, you know, good, but not great or even elite he's you know a good yeah, quarterback he, to help him but no expectation to get to the Mahomes yeah. Allen but that 
I, I'm also a big believer of like you will kill yourself trying to get to that level. So can we get to that next tier of the Matthew Stafford types um, who it's like, no, we can we can flat out win Super Bowls with this guy. Um, you're going to need a good team, but most teams do anyway. So what, how would you, Bobby, how would you grade the offseason at this point, whether it's signings, trades, the NFL draft? I mean, did the Giants do everything they needed to do and do everything they, that they could have done in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I, I basically, I don't know about a grade, but I will say, I this offseason makes me feel a lot better than last offseason, mm. right? Like, the draft, I love what they did in this draft a lot more uh, compared to last year's. Just the, uh, ex- with the exception of the first round, you get Evan Neal, Kevin right, right. first Deontay Banks. But like day two and day three, I love, love what, love what they did. And then free agency, I thought you went out, you were smart, you didn't overpay, and you got good players. Where last year in free agency, due to the cap issue, so it wasn't Joe Shane's fault, but you right. had to sign. You, you were basically only signing bad players, mm. you know, and Mark Lewinsky was your biggest contract at $6 million a year. And we like, you knew he wasn't going to be very good. It was like, can he be average or above average? Sure. And I thought he was a little below that. So um, this off season definitely makes me feel a lot uh, better about the, uh, than, than last off season. Um, obviously Joe Shane was hamstrung with the, the yeah. cap situation, but I just, I just thought they did a better job. It was the second year on the job. Um, has his all his staff in there for you know the scouting process where you know he was firing guys right after the draft last year where it wasn't really his guys in there so he had a lot more trust in them mm. knowing what the coaching staff wants so yeah I, I i don't know exactly what i give as a grade but i i'm really confident in everything and most of the things that they did and what would, what are some of the, i mean obviously they're you know they're practicing all off-season workouts and everything and then obviously in the training camp and so forth um, what are some things that you'd like to see, you know, between now and, you know, July, August, when they're really getting into the, um, you know, contact, they're really getting into the hardcore plays, you know, really, you know, taking it out on the field, starting to play other opponents, pra- you know, joined practices and so on and so forth. Um, how would you like to see the younger players, the rookies develop? What do you, what are some things that you would like to see that the Giants are doing well offensively and defensively so that by the time they get to preseason games, we're like, all right, they're trending in a in a good direction. So between now and OTA, like between now and training camp, the things I'm looking for, not necessarily like guys playing well because it's it's hard to judge. For sure, that, yeah. Is the first thing is who's the signal caller on defense? Is it going to be Bobby Okereke or Xavier McKinney? Mm. Wink Martindale hinted that it might be Okereke. McKinney was it last year? I'd like Okereke to be it. Second is John Michael Smith's the way he snaps the ball. It was a huge topic for me during rookie camp. He does that like <laughs> dead ball. If you if people who are listening don't know, like just Google dead dead ball snap versus regular snap in the NFL. He go. does the dead ball snap. Nobody, almost no one does that in the NFL. Will they let him keep that? And then the third one, Evan Neal, who a lot of the season is riding on Evan Neal. Yeah, he changed some things up in his stance, and he so he's changed some things up. Had an offseason to work on. How does he just look in the first two seconds of a play? Right, like, does he look like he's getting off the ball quicker, which was a big issue for him, like that? Because I think that will help him in a lot of his issues. So, that those are like the three things I'm looking for that you can look for between now and the day training camp starts. And a, a non-Giants question for you, just kind of with looking at what other teams did in the NFL draft in the off season. Uh, to me, I think the Eagles just found a way to get even more scarier on defense. I mean, yeah. they've got half their defenses from the University of Georgia. 
Uh, but are there any teams that, that really stood out to you with what they did in the offseason or the draft that kind of say, oh boy, the Giants, you know, when they play these guys, they may be in trouble? <laughs> um, Let's see. Gosh, you get so lost in the sauce of covering one team. Uh, sure. The Eagles, obviously, like you mentioned, um, the Cowboys got Mozzie Smith. And mm, yeah, that was what, some other thing. That was some a big other pick things they did in the draft. This, this team's got their defensive line stronger, mm. you know. So that's gonna be interesting. I'm trying to think of of common opponents. I thought the Jets didn't have the best draft in the world. In the last mm. two years before that, I love the Jets draft. Like they're my favorite draft class coming out. Sure. I didn't love Will McDonald and Joe Tippman being their their first two picks. Yeah, those are curious um, picks. And uh, so this isn't related to the Giants, but the Colts. I think the Colts. The mm. Colts just kind of. They're kind of funny in the way that they just draft the tallest guys at every position. Like every position outside of Josh Downs was just this guy's in the top percentile of height. You know, they got a six foot four and a six foot two corner. They got, uh, you know, a six foot eight tackle. And there was a couple other ones in there where it's like, yeah, you guys just, you guys just love tall players and you guys are living true to that stereotype about this cold scouting department. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, what I mean, who made some good picks in the in the the Seahawks? So we played the Seahawks. That's one. Yeah, I thought the Seahawks getting Jackson Smith and Jigba with the first pick add that guy to Tyler Lockett and D- DK Metcalf. Uh, getting Devin Witherspoon to pair with Tariq Woolen. So the Seahawks are on the Giants' uh, schedule this year. They beat them last year, and I think they're a team that's going to improve uh, a good amount too. That's a scary offense in Seattle too. It's kind of like it's it was sneaky scary last year with like oh wow the, these guys got the receivers they got the running backs Geno Smith having the year of his career, um, and they they could find different ways to be in the, when they got Jackson Smith and Najiba. Um, I was like oh boy, <laughs> yeah yeah. So yeah, the Seahawks were definitely one that I was I came away uh, impressed with. Bobby, as, as we wrap up the conversation here. Uh, d- how do how do you I mean we talk about teachers getting the summer off I mean giant football teams get a couple months of reprieve uh, how does uh, how do you take the off season you know after the draft and some of the exciting stuff be- before OTAs and everything else gets going how do you uh, brace yourself for another football season <laughs> I treat it like a teacher schedule where it's like it's you get like a little bit of a summer vacation so I I will be on vacation uh, this upcoming week and then uh. You know, I I actually I spend these two months because I'm not gonna work, I'm not gonna tire myself out because that's what the <laughs> season and the draft is for. Right. But I will I will go and look and try and learn new things about football. Like so, I'll go watch you know videos on YouTube of of coaches like breaking down these play concepts and stuff, and and watching other people's stuff and learn and trying to learn more about the game and learn about passing concepts, um, and maybe looking at Giants rookies from last year and seeing like how did they develop as the year went along. So. Not losing my mind, but you know, keeping a nice workflow of, of there you these go. guys. And I'm I'm down here in Florida, so get to the beach a good amount too. <laughs> that's that's not a bad way to spend uh, the off season. So, <laughs> Bobby, appreciate your time as always in talking Giants football, and uh, look forward to talking again as things get rolling along uh, later this summer. No doubt, always appreciate you, Vin. That is Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants. You can check out his podcast, Talking Giants, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, and follow him on Twitter as well. More short sports talk on 94.3 The Point right after this.